182, 182 episodes of We Were Gamers, a podcast about talking about games instead of playing them. Is that right? Did I do it right? It's pretty much fair. <laughs> yeah, that, that feels like it hits close enough to home. Yeah, yeah. It's fun because this is basically our messenger chat all day long as a podcast. Welcome in, JJ. Hello. Hello. Michael, hi. How's it going? I'm Andy. We're going to talk about a lot of stuff today because there was a lot of it and more than just Hearthstone to some people's surprise, I would guess. We'll get there, though. Yeah. <laughs> I I, I got to ask you guys a question off the bat here. Okay. So on Friday, I went to get my haircut after work and the TV is always on in the barbershop playing something or other. And on this particular Friday, they had the History Channel on. Ancient Aliens. And I just want to know, when did the History Channel go off the deep end into Crazy Town? Oh, Ancient Aliens. <laughs> uh, the answer is sometime while I was in college. Okay, because I remembered, I remembered they would have like one or two shows on in the, the late hour windows. Basically. Um, about the conspiracy theorists, but... I would say right around the time that every show stopped being black and white footage and it had a host. Right. So the the thing is, is when they transitioned from narrator over footage from World War II to... Yeah, that was the History Channel for a while, wasn't it? It was literally just the World War II channel. Yeah, it's like World War II battles and how they won or lost, and they interview some old people who were alive at that time. Now all those people are dead, so they can't do that anymore. Actually, so they're like, what's popular reality TV? Yeah. Let's do that. And now Ancient Aliens. They had a couple quality shows on there, which were like these digital reenactments of like things like the Battle of Midway and a whole bunch of other yes. stuff where they used a bunch of CGI computer modeling to like make... What looked um, to, like that at the time to like a on par to a video game graphics of the battle, you know, and like okay, the planes were flying here and this was here, and then they interspruce it with the footage, and that was kind of cool. And then that disappeared from being a thing. Yeah, it gave you like a really good idea of like, oh, military history. This is interesting. Like, how do how did they win this battle and turn the tide from this strategy to this other thing that made them you know win the day or whatever? So is that what that the was military cool. channel is now, or is that more like? Clarkson getting in tanks and blowing things up. <laughs> uh, I think any of us would have to watch TV in order to answer that question. I don't yeah, know that we're capable live of TV. doing that. That's the problem. Uh, speaking of live TV, Disney Plus. Now streaming on the airwaves. I think they had a little hitchiness, but much less than maybe I expected. You think. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. But, I mean, you drop an additional 10 million people on your service in a week. A 10 million on top of everyone they already had signed up, right? Right, right. Wow. I mean, look, you knew, right? You knew. Yes, you knew. It was never not going to be rocky. There was always going to be launch problems. Of but course. by and large, I think it was resolved within the first couple days, maybe? By the first night, I think. I, we had no problem streaming The Mandalorian the first night. I was not, I did not log in until several days later, so I don't know how it went those first couple nights. Wise. <laughs> uh, also, and then I didn't end up watching anything, so I haven't actually watched anything on <laughs> Disney Plus. So, have you guys partaken, seen anything that's cool? 
Yeah, we've uh, we've watched a couple of things. Um, I definitely have to recommend after not even a full episode. I'd recommend it after the first sixty seconds. The world according to Jeff Goldblum. <laughs> okay, okay, it that's is, a Nat Geo special. It is, and it is just Jeff Goldblum riffing on whatever episode topic he decides. So the first episode is about sneakers. And yes. he just goes into he goes into sneakers. He goes to sneaker con. Gonna open. Up I was gonna say, app. does he get way gonna... into like deep fashion sneakers and oh, like Yeezys and all that stuff? He goes all in on sneakers. Yes, he. Oh um, my god! He winds up playing um, street ball with some guys to get a better understanding <laughs> of dude. That's of how sneakers fit into the culture of street okay. ball. Okay, he has a he has a a pair custom made for himself. By oh, I'm gonna forget the guy's name now. Uh, uh, it might come to me, um, but like famous custom sneaker maker. Okay, this is great. This is this is I, I think akin. This I'm is writing probably, this down. Yeah, so I, I just added it, it to my watch list. <laughs> he learns. He learns how to do an unboxing. Okay. Yes. Okay. He, he, yes. Goes on, yes. he goes on with a guy who does Nike right. unboxings on YouTube, and he learns how to do a yep. proper unboxing. I think that that is an essential piece of knowledge that Jeff Goldblum needed. That's amazing. Oh and my wonderful. goodness! I love it. I love it. But I love it. It's just it's so him all the way through. That's wonderful. Um, I don't know if I have a recommend off the top of my head. I did watch Free Solo, which is a Nat Geo movie about the. I think his name was Alex Honnold, who climbed one of the sides of El Capitan without any harnesses or anything by himself, uh, which was made me nervous and sweaty. <laughs> that's, that's scary. It is scary. It's one of those things where I can't believe they filmed it, and I'm not sure if it's a wise thing to have done, but someone that... Uh, strong and determined is interesting to watch i think you have to be into it though and if you don't like heights don't watch that movie yep. anyway yeah. uh i wanted to notice michael or i wanted to know if you noticed michael there's a feature missing okay my the, the wife and i did discuss a lot of features in the that first night that we were playing around with the app so let's say jj you watched the mandalorian a thing I want to do but have not done yet. Let's say you had to leave off in the middle of an episode or yeah. or when all the episodes are out and you watch one or two a night. What would you expect to happen when you open the app again the next day? Uh, well, okay. Uh, two things. Uh, number <laughs> one, do I have to download an app on my PC? Can I just watch it in a web browser? Uh, you can watch in a web browser. Yes. You do not Am need to I download an app. I have an app on my phone. Is why Am I, I going to be penalized in terms of resolution and quality like you are for Netflix by watching in a web browser? Unclear. Hmm, that's a good question. Yeah, I don't know the answer to that one. Uh, for those, most of those who probably didn't know this, I learned this just uh, a week or so ago. The maximum resolution you're getting out of a web browser on Netflix is 720p unless you're using Microsoft Edge. Then you can get 1080. Microsoft Edge being a like Silverlight add-on or something, or is that like a Microsoft program? Edge being a browser that is owned by Microsoft? I see. And then what do you uh, get if uh, you get 1080? Wow! Whoa! If you want, if you want 4K <laughs> anything, you must use a Netflix app. 
of which there are several different ones you could download. Hmm. Anyway, I learned that uh, and am highly curious if Disney Plus follows the same uh, stuff because that's annoying to me. Anyway, the answer to your question is what should happen is it should know where I stopped and pick up. Hmm. Uh, whether that be in the middle of the movie slash show or series and just like go, hey, you were on episode three and, and jump me so back So like there. if you went and watched five or six episodes of The Simpsons one night while you were doing the dishes, hashtag homeowners minute, mm-hmm. uh, and then the next night you were going to do more dishes, hashtag uh, leveling up. What was our other sep- sep- name for that section? Anyway. You, I think that's what it was. You went to... Uh, you went to the the thing and you clicked on the Simpsons and you touch play and it starts over from the beginning. I mean, did it jump to the episode though, or did it start from the beginning of the series season same, one, episode same one? Yeah. Same, same start, start at the start. Yeah. All the way at the front. Okay. That's a bummer. It is. And it's not like you can look at the episodes and tell which one you were on either. There's no like, okay. you've played I was going to say, did it, did no it mark the bar? You- There's nothing. Yeah. No. You had watched them or anything? Mm-mm. Nothing. Wow. Okay. That's a bummer. They should have that. That's that's a big bummer. So, it's not perfect. But that Star Wars show might be. It is off to a very strong start. Uh, high praise here. Andrew just said the word perfect. Uh, now, surely, I heard a lot of not, not, not the greatest things about it after episode <laughs> one. Was it redeemed? I don't. How do you feel about fetch quests, JJ? Yeah, like you played <laughs> Bro, a while. I, I play RPGs. I mean, I don't know how. What do you? I feel seen here. What are you talking about? <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm saying that uh, episode two might be even fetchier than episode one. Okay, but not in a bad way. Here is what I feel like. This is a movie that is broken up into half hour bits. Because is it a half hour or hour long? Uh, the first one was so, 40 minutes and the next one was 32 minutes. Yeah. Okay. So I feel like what we're getting is that they wanted to make a movie and it was a little too long. <laughs> Which so they didn't. They Obviously, sh- they wanted to make a show. But like episode and then two. And they shot like two more episodes and sure, called it a season. <laughs> sure. <laughs> episode two very much could have just been immediately at the end of episode one. Yeah. Yeah. It definitely felt like. These these first two taken together are one episode. It's a very mm-hmm. linear, non-expansive. You, for a TV show, you expect the show to be expand. Game of Thrones, right? Like it goes everywhere and talks to everyone, and it's just not that type of thing. This feels much more like a JJ. You like John Wick? I love John Wick. What if John Wick wore a suit of armor? I mean, <laughs> that suit is bulletproof, I guess. Hmm. It seems okay. like it's headed that direction. Cool. I mean, I'm. I plan to watch it. I just haven't haven't done so yet. It does, there are too many other good TV shows at the moment. It does do the thing where uh, this is a minor spoiler for people that don't want to know. But they do. Which, the by thing, the way, are not me. I don't care. Okay. Just skip ahead twenty seconds. They do the thing, JJ, where they ride little alien mounts okay which just makes me star wars yeah but it just makes me cringe because the cgi on that is not great Uh uh-huh you're gonna look back this is like the uh what episode 
which one is it where they ride the dumb aliens in that one scene and it looks stupid as heck oh uh, in five the, yeah empire strikes back when they're on hoff no yes. you're talking about tauntauns those they look dumb no they, you know in the bad. scale in the scale of riding things let's talk about the latest star wars movie where they're riding through a casino on oh well that whole scene just yeah yeah oh, or uh this the is somewhere prequel, in between those the two. prequel one where obi-wan is riding whatever nope. that yeah thing yeah. is and that looks giant terrible. monitor lizard yeah, yeah so let's this is less bad than giant monitor lizard and riding through a casino okay but not yeah. as good as tauntauns it felt this it it does feel a little bit like oh hey jim henson's creature shop sure sure i mean yeah okay yeah all right. Well, we're not, this show's not over. There's only six episodes more, so we don't need to go into it now. It's going to be over soon. We can talk about it. <sighs> Speaking of streaming services, Google Stadia beta is out, guys. <laughs> yeah. How are you going to tell the difference between the beta and the actual at-launch service? If there is an at-launch <laughs> service, you mean? Well, so the thing I've seen... Uh, to be clear, I think none of us actually have access to this, right? I, I mean, Google no. didn't email me. Okay. I was just double-checking to see if someone got an email sometime when I wasn't looking. Um, but, yeah, uh, the thing I've heard is that everyone is like, hey, you know what this is? This is paid early access. <laughs> because basically, not everything, but like almost everything they announced isn't going to happen at launch. Uh and their game list was pretty bad. And then they came out and emergency announced 10 more games to add to their <laughs> not great list. I think, though, that the early reports here are not even concerned about that. If you buy an early access game, let's say, just a game, you're going to see a product. And it might just be like, ah, this isn't in a state that I want to play it. But you know what? I paid the money now. I'm helping the developer get it somewhere. And maybe there's a benefit. Right. Google is a company mm -hmm. with more money than the rest of planet Earth. Or pretty close anyway, yeah. If you discount Apple and Amazon. Right. It's up there. How can you launch a service that just doesn't function? I think it functions in the very limited way that they've said that it will, and in no other specific ways that they've implied that it might. But I, why why be in such a hurry to get it out there? Right. That's it, the real question. Everything yeah. I've seen is this is in the barely functional category. It, it works if you have the Chromecast Ultra that ships as part of buying the $150 Google Stadia package. It also works with the controller that sh ships with that same package. And in no other configuration, I think. <laughs> but also, and not, e not, not even, even any well. Chromecast. Yeah, and not even any Chromecast Ultra, specifically that one that shipped, not not the other ones you might have. Yeah, on day one, right? Uh, I haven't read too many reports of people like actually trying the service. Has it been also not great from the tech perspective on just like hey, a TV and the Chromecast? Kotaku's headline was "This ain't it." <laughs> Yeah, but you know, I mean, they say stuff. What what were the impressions? That it was you know? itchy and when it worked well, you kind of felt like this could be the future. But most of the time you just sort of waited for it to buffer. Okay. That's a extreme bummer. 
that was the gleaning that I did from a few, a few, uh, review. I don't know if you can call it reviews since it's beta or whatever, but, um, early trials, let's say. Hmm. Yeah. I'm not shocked by this. Well, of course I, I, once again, a streaming thing launches and it doesn't work great out of the gate. No Mm. one should be shocked, but double in the case of a thing that promised literally the moon and then was like actually what about this tree (laughs) i can only imagine that that google in its in its wisdom and its knowledge has some inkling of someone else trying to get something similar on the market well you have playstation now you have xbox is doing their game pass thing which might include a streaming thing for their well, next so system. Microsoft has been rumored to be doing a thing called xCloud, and apparently there are betas of that out to, like, you know, people that are fancy insiders, but not people like us. Uh, and from all the, you know, the talk or whatever I've heard is that the Google or the Microsoft xCloud thing is this Google Stadia thing, but you can just use your Xbox to do it. Or, you know, your PC or whatever. Okay. Uh, it does work on both your Xbox and your PC, so it already has a leg up on this Google <laughs> yeah. thing. Uh, which, you know, I mean, I guess the Google thing also technically works with Pixel phones. Um, but, man, look, I have one of those and I like it, but I think they're not necessarily huge sellers. <laughs> yeah, and you'd still need a controller. Right, yeah, you need the controller from them, so. Yeah. Yikes. Uh, I will be curious to see what happens with it going forward. But yeah, I mean, I can't imagine anyone who wasn't just like, I want to be the early adopter here should ever possibly consider buying this thing. Michael, do you even have Google Fiber with it near your apartment? Uh, So, yeah, they've got it up and running in the in the complex. Okay, but you don't have it. No, not as of yet. I would be curious if you end up with it, whether it works better on their own fiber network than it does for anyone else. Yeah, I mean, they did say, or the the stuff I saw was like, hey, if you don't have at least 10 megabits to deck up and down, or up to dedicate to the, wait, up? Down. Fr- down, mm-hmm. yes, down, from them to you. Uh, if you don't have at least 10 megabits to dedicate to this thing, you're going to be disappointed because it's going to stream sub-HD, and that's very lame. With cable especially, you never know if you have, I mean, you might be paying for 100, but you could be under... You could be down to 10 without knowing it. Right. The thing that gets me, and, and I know we've talked about this before, so we don't have to like, we don't have to linger on it, but that you're still buying games from them. And then in three years when they realize that this doesn't work or they choose to shut it down or in 20 years when they choose to shut it down, your games are just gone. Yeah. Unless right? they announce some sort of uh, transition program where you get a bunch of Steam games or something, but I doubt it. Yeah, I, I mean, Valve has at least said that, hey, there would be some period before they shut down where they would allow you to download anything and take all the DRM off or whatever. Stadia, nothing. Yeah. And because the games aren't even on your hard drive, you don't necessarily even have to have space to download them, right? Right. Yeah. Crazy. So anyway, you know, the future is here, I guess. All right, all right. Well, I don't have a physical copy of this game, but I've been playing a lot of Hearthstone Battlegrounds. Does anybody want to talk about it? Yes. Okay. <laughs> Just double checking. Hey, we did a video for that. Yeah, check it out. YouTube.com 
slash. We kind of we were gamers. Andy and I, Andy and I tried to play a game or two uh, on air, which is harder than it sounds. It was harder than it sounded. Uh, I'm not going to claim that it's like esports tier gaming uh, there. But uh, we definitely, it, it's a lot easier to understand the game when you watch it. So check it out. Uh, it's a lot clearer what the things we're talking about when you can actually see it in motion. It was fun to do. It's, I, I and the whole thing is fun to streamers do. that can get, especially later on in the game when you're like sitting here talking about, okay, we have 50 seconds to pick what to do. And the moves get a little complicated towards the end of the game where there's a lot of buy, sell, buy, sell, buy, sell. Uh, make sure you roll for the triple later than early. It's just, it gets a little complicated and chatting about it made it a little slower, you know? Yeah, it definitely would be faster without someone throwing ideas that maybe you hadn't considered into your ear. <laughs> which, uh, <laughs> which you know, they might have, uh, they might have helped us out. I don't, unclear. Yeah. Unclear. I don't know. The, the debate, there is the debate a... about the debate is debatable. <laughs> Undoubtedly. Uh, there is certainly a luck component to that game, like which minions you're offered every time you Absolutely. re-roll and all that kind of stuff. It makes mm-hmm. a huge, huge difference. And which hero you select from the start. Um, I do believe that rolling in its of itself, especially early in the game, is very bad. Oh, sure. You definitely want to minimize it in general, just because you're basically throwing a gold away for the chance to buy something better, which... Maybe is worth it if you get something better, but if you don't, you just basically threw a gold away for nothing. Yeah. Uh, which sucks. And, and that game really is all about economy, and it's a weird kind of way to think about it, but the the most important thing in that game, at least through like the early and middle stages, is like making the best use of all your gold all the time. <laughs> and that that's how you win consistently, or at least has been my experience. Uh, and then also getting good minions uh, certainly helps. <laughs> <laughs> That's the luck component, right? Is like, do the good minions you get offered fit together right. in, a, in a way that you can either transition between. So I just played a game before we started here, and uh, I ended up getting second place in it. Uh, but I, in the middle of that game, had to transition from mech to demon. Yeah. I got, uh, oh, be- dude, there's nothing more satisfying than throwing down a brand, by the way. And then the Annihilan... Battlemaster, the one that gets like plus yeah, stats based on your missing health, fifty health, and then running into a three three Murloc with poison, with poison. and getting yeah, sad. That's why yeah, uh-huh. uh huh. Yeah. Uh, here's my advice for people. Hey, this is the pro tip from JJ right here, the, the gamer of We Were Gamers, who definitely <laughs> sometimes plays games. Oh man. Uh. That came out like way more mean than I intended it to. Uh, don't go demons. That's my tip. <laughs> I think demons are kind of bad uh, as it stands at the recording. Um, supposedly Blizzard is saying they're going to be rotating some heroes in and out coming up in a patch soon. And then in a patch in December, they're talking about adding some minions and nuff- burf- nerfing and buffing a few of the others. Perfect. Uh, also changing some heroes then as well. So it sounds like they they are committed to the quick balance patches, but as the game stands right now, by the time this goes up, I suspect demons are still going to be bad and you shouldn't go for them. Uh, beasts and mechs are both vastly superior. Uh, and then the uh, the menagerie strategy 
which is basically hope you get the Light Fang Enforcer as quick as possible and then just win. And you need a <laughs> amalgam for that, too. Uh, yeah, it definitely helps to have one. Yeah. There's a lot of weird strategies, like not tripling your amalgams is kind of good sometimes. It's it's a yeah, weird game. It, you don't want to triple them if you have two big ones because it's better, just to, ones. it's better just to keep the poison and the big ones out there. Yeah. Yep. Uh, or like game. adding a weird thing on later so that you can get like one poison thing on there uh, can be beneficial late in the game too. I wonder what they're going to do to keep it from getting stale in the long run. But, you know, for now it's I mean, still the, fun. You know, they're talking about rotating out two of the top performing and two of the bottom performing heroes. So, like, that's a sizable shakeup. You know, if you take the two heroes that everyone considers the best and all of a sudden they're not even there. Uh, and some of the heroes that no one likes and replace them with four different ones. You know, that's a it's the European soccer league style. Oh, yeah. yeah. Keep kick them out until they win. Right. If you're if back. you're too good, you get bumped out. If you're not good enough, you get bumped out and you get replaced. Yeah. Relegate. Mm hmm. <laughs> So we'll see. Uh, you know, I, I'm still really enjoying it. Um, yeah, I mean, we're both. I think you said you were 4,700. Yeah, I, I just crested 4,750. Okay, earlier today. So I'm sitting around 4,850, but only on four first places. Oh wow, I have way more first places than that. I have 25 top fours. Okay, I think you've just. I think I've just played a lot more than you, and I also must have started way lower. Hmm, I don't know. I'm, my general strategy, and I think I'm roughly, I don't have numbers to support this off the top yet because the stats aren't out, but I'd Give say... Give us stats. What the heck, Blizzard? I roughly say I have like a 70% top four rate, and I so I haven't played that many games. I don't think I've played 50 games yet. Yeah, I, I'm probably not quite... I'm probably in like the 40, 30 to 40 range, and yeah, I have a high amount of top fours, I would say. Cool. But then again, every now and then you just get ones where it's like, how would you like these one, one mechs with death rattle? And you're like, I would not. <laughs> yeah. I just don't seem game. to have the, I don't know if I just need to play more to get the game knowledge to get to second and then start to transition or learn the moves to get to first, you know? Yeah. I feel like once you get to like, Hey, there's only three or four people left. It's basically like, what do these other people have and can I counter them in some way? And without knowing, you know, already what they have or like what strategies are very good and how to counter those, like it's kind of hard to come up with that in the like three rounds you're going to have before you get killed. Yeah. If that sometimes. Cool. Well, I dig it for now. <laughs> <laughs> I do recall now that I don't like Hearthstone in general. <laughs> he recalls that he it's doesn't like playing the game. Reminder. I just... The gold quests are easy enough to do that I'll do them. But I don't like it. You know, because you have to play the real game to do it. And the Tavern Brawl this week was pick three cards and you get a deck. And it was like every single one of them had you dead by turn two. So you had to kind of Pick the one that you liked out of the ones that kill people on turn two and hope your order was good enough. And then, you know, <laughs> the other ones are play three games as Shaman, play three games as this, play three games as that, play 25 cards. You know, I can do those things mindlessly and not win games. And it doesn't really matter to me. But like my cards are so out of date now 
that unless I play somebody that doesn't really have cards and I see the Goldshire Footman drop on the first turn, then uh, then I'm probably not going to win. Two things for you, uh, Andrew. Number one, I those quests are so much easier than they used to be. I agree. I you absolutely agree. Thanking, I said I'm doing them. You should be thanking everything that there is that <laughs> they're the, play three games rather I'm, than win three games, which they used to be. I've already got enough gold. I've already got enough gold for the all right for the uh, bonuses, and, you know. And uh, consider playing wild games. Yeah, <sighs> uh, your the wild games make a big difference because hey, guess what? A lot of the good old decks are still good. Yeah, uh, and are, you, huh? you can just keep your like secret paladin deck from back when that was still a popular good archetype. Old mysterious in, challenger in wild, and just play it with basically no changes, and you can still win games. That might be the way to do it. So. I always figured wild for being out of control and not fun, uh, but maybe that's on the, the ladder way. it absolutely is. But at low ranks <laughs> on the ladder, you can definitely still get away with some stuff. Okay, squeak out some wins. Gotcha. Right on. Any other games we should cover this week that you guys have been playing? I've been playing other card games. Slay the Spire. Slay the Spire. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Got it. Uh, which I have been playing. Uh, because Magic the Gathering Arena has been terrible. Uh-oh. Uh, a little backstory. Uh, they released a set called Throne of Eldraine. We, like, mentioned it in passing. It's fairy tale themed. It was very fun. Uh, there were some cards in there that were bad and way too good. <laughs> they, they had a few uh, oopsies, huh? The most recent uh, championship tournament or whatever had... 70% representation of a single uh, card. Oh, we've talked about that. And they banned it a couple weeks ago. Uh, no, you're thinking of the last time they banned something. Oh, no, again? A month oh. before. Oh, okay. Never mind. Uh, yes. Uh, they banned a card called Field of the Dead, which was a land that basically yes. summoned two two zombies if you had enough other different types of lands in play. Got it. Well, it, it turns out there are a lot of easy ways to do that, and so then you just have a horde of zombies. Uh, they banned that because that card was ridiculous. Uh, however, in doing so, they unleashed the terror that was Oko Thief of Crowns. Uh, <laughs> okay. A guy with a guy with is, fabulous abs. Is that the Planeswalker that we discussed? Banned. Yes, it yeah. is. That was the one we explained to Michael what a Planeswalker was, which was probably our finest moment on this show. <laughs> Yes. Okay, Michael, there's a plus and a minus and sometimes a zero. Right. Uh, Fun fundamentals. Yeah. Yes. Uh, so That's not even the fundamentals of magic. That's like an advanced card. Yeah. Like, this guy is not even like a base type. Well, he is now. Yeah, they are now. But now like, a base type of card, I guess. But yeah, they're like a... You don't show we someone, growing up. Yeah, you don't show someone a Planeswalker to start with, okay? You talk about Fireball. If someone had told me there was a type of card called a Planeswalker and how it functioned when, when we were younger, I was like, would not have no. thought it was fair. Yeah. Uh, anyway, they decided this Oko guy is way too ridiculous because he can turn literally anything on the board into an elk, including your stuff and your opponent's stuff. That's way too good. Uh, and so they banned him. And they not only banned him in the standard rotating format that Magic has, they also banned him in Brawl, which is a format that's like one of each card. Uh, kind of a format. There's some more uh, complications with Brawl, but uh, basically, they're like, hey, in any format that's 
you know, relatively new and or rotating, we're going to ban him. Uh, they then said, but you know what? Actually, he wasn't the only problem. The problem is that green, the color has been way too good. Uh, so we're banning two other green cards, uh, Veil of Summer and Once Upon a Time. Once Upon a Time is a card that costs uh, two mana, one colorless and one green. And if it's the first spell you've cast the game in the game, you can cast it for free. What? So think about this already. It's a two mana spell that if you haven't played any other spells in the game, you get to play it for zero. But uh, creatures count as spells, don't they? Yes, they do. So creatures and anything that says like sorcery or instant or anything like that counts. So you have to have However, nothing except land. Correct. Nothing except land. Lands do not count. So this this spell basically lets you look at the top five cards and you can get a creature or land from among them and put it into your hand. The rest go on the bottom. This is ridiculously powerful. <laughs> you have to draw it, though. You can put four copies in a 60-card deck. Yeah. And then it basically... This card is four copies of any other card in your deck. It basically makes your deck four cards smaller, right? It's ludicrously powerful in terms of consistency. It's like, oh, is it hard to draw? Like, oh, I'm trying to run this multicolor deck with like three different types, and it's hard to get all the colors I need together. Ah, but once upon a time is the the third color I didn't know I needed. (laughs) As long as one of my other two colors is green. (laughs) Uh, So they banned the heck out of that card in standard. um, And Veil of Summer is like a counterspell that also would let you draw a card for one mana. Yeah, that's not... Seems too powerful to me. I'm not real. Uh, it's counter spell that's blue or black, and then uh, draw a card, which is too good. Um, the text is more complicated than that, but you know, for our concern. Anyway, three cards being banned at once is a lot. <laughs> yeah, usually uh, you'd let one card filter out and then see how the meta changed, right? Yeah. So the fact that they banned three at once is crazy. Also, uh, Oko uh, is a mythic rare, which is their like you know highest standard of rarity. And is the face of this Throne of Eldraine set. Like, his pictures are on the boosters and stuff. Uh, And Once Upon a Time was probably one of the other most highly sought-after cards in the set. So, like, they just banned, like, two of the most popular and highest-selling cards in their set. Wow. Yeah. That's a a big Did they give people dust or something for these cards? Uh, So, in Magic... So, uh, in Tabletop, right, you don't get anything, of course. Sure. But... In uh, Magic Too Arena, bad. sorry, you paid fifty five dollars for that card. Exactly right. Oh, did you just buy four four Okos recently for forty dollars each? Gosh. Uh, uh, in Magic Arena, you get one wild card of the rarity of the card that was banned. So, if you had four copies of that card, you get four wild cards of that same rarity. Wow. So it's basically like, hey, one of any other card of that rarity as recompense. However, they aren't banned in Magic's non-rotating format, so I guess if you want to go there and play them, you still could. Cool. Which I don't. <laughs> so, anyway, I'm happy to see that, and hopefully now strategies that are not A, green, and B, turning things into elks will be possible. That's good. <laughs> there was some news today that I think as is right up the alley of people our age. <laughs> are we boomers now? Is that the age that we are? No, I don't think boomers would have played Half-Life 1 and 2. They may have. 
I might be wrong. Yeah. Anyway. Half-Life 1 and 2 have been a meme for Half-Life 3 for years, right? Half-Life 2 Episode 1 and then Half-Life 2 Episode 2. Yeah. Yep. No Episode 3. No Half-Life 3. No nothing. Do you guys want a VR headset made by Valve? Well, they've been selling those for a while. That's not surprising. Hmm. Maybe they haven't been selling them well because Half-Life's coming back as a Valve VR exclusive. <laughs> I can't. That is. I can't even a, say it with a straight face. <laughs> I can't. It is, a, it is a choice. I can't even say it with a straight face. They're bringing back Half-Life as a VR game. I mean, okay. Are you surprised? <laughs> yes. Really? Yes, I, I mean, like, Valve wants to sell their thing, so they make... Uh, okay, we'll talk about... The game is called Half-Life Alex. A-L-Y-X. Uh, the name of a character from Half-Life 2. Correct. Uh, and they said, uh, th- as of the recording, this was announced the same day we're recording this, and it comes out on... Or uh, unveiling it Thursday at 10 a.m. Pacific. So one one day after you're listening to this podcast, if you listen when okay. it comes out. According to a tweet by at Valve Software. <laughs> uh, so, you know, I mean, look, a VR game, Valve sells a VR thing. Yep. This kind of all lines up on there like, hey, we make a thing. Let's make a thing for the thing that we make. Like, I can't say I'm surprised. I'm sure there are going to be a bunch of people who are going to be pretty annoyed that the series that they've loved for 25 years or 30 years or however long it's been at I this think, point. Yeah. This is, maybe, is now on a platform they're not going to have. This is maybe why I can't say it without laughing, because I feel like this is Diablo Immortal 2.0. It really is. Because they're going to walk out there on Thursday and be like, you don't have a VR headset? Yeah, I, I, I doubt that's what they're going to do, but I suspect uh, also... I mean, this isn't called Half-Life 3, right? No, it's not. And what what they say this is a quote-unquote full-length VR game. So we'll find out what that means, obviously, because that could mean anything. Yeah. Uh, clearly, it's just some sort of side story, which is why they call it Alex, to try and maybe make people not think that they're going to miss out. I just cannot imagine they don't get eaten alive on Thursday, <laughs> no matter what they say. Yeah, I kind of think they would get eaten alive if they announced this for anything anyway, right? Uh People, Maybe people are unhealthfully in love with Half Life. It's been like twenty years since Half Life Two Episode Three, or more probably. Twenty years? No, less. I mean, it's been twenty years since the first one. Half Life One. Half, Half Life One come out in like ninety eight or something. Yeah. Okay, so it's been like fifteen years. Half Life Two. Probably, probably ten. All right, that's still a very long time. Wrong. I might be fifteen. You know, I don't. I don't know. That's a pretty long time. I. I just think that there's probably no way to make people happy announcing a VR game. Yeah. Regardless, right? Yep. Even if they didn't call it Half Life, they're just like, we're making a new first-person shooter thing set in some other world we made it up 
people are just gonna be like make half-life 3 <laughs> which is basically what people are already like so no different right, right exactly so yeah. it, and you can i mean for good or for ill valve is clearly dedicated to the vr thing they're still making that head that vive headset they're still selling it on the front page of Steam all this the time. Is, this is the first of the three games that they announced that were going to be full feature-length games for yeah. their VR headset. So they're definitely, like, they're in on this thing, and they're doing it. So it shouldn't be surprising to anyone that they're making a thing that they said they were going to make for the platform they are building. But, yeah, I mean... You're right. People are going to be pissed. <laughs> <laughs> that's, I just think that's why I'm so amused by this. It's just, they're going to, it's like watching, it's watching the train leave the station and you're just like, it's going to crash. I can see there's no track ahead of this thing. <laughs> yeah. I, there's no way to announce this where it's not going to crash though, right? Right. right so it's just sure. a question of like, can I'm, we get the train going fast enough to pile through right, the debris yes, on the yes. tracks? <laughs> and I want to be clear. My analogy is not about the quality of this game or the people at Valve or anything involved in the creation of it. Because JJ is part of the analogy where they, you know, let's get the steam up high enough that this just plows through the the. Uh, yeah, maybe the game is great. We don't yeah. know. The, the game might be perfect. Perfect. But, like, I don't have a VR headset. I'm sure yeah, most exactly. people that played Half-Life 1 and 2 don't i mean i'm sure that most people period don't yeah <laughs> like regardless of what you've ever played before it's just a a platform that not a lot of people have and there's like 80 different pieces of hardware out there that that do it now like if people own oculuses will they be able to play this if will, people own like uh, you know other weird mobile ones can they play it like will they release a version for people that can't play vr due to motion sickness sure Ooh. yeah yeah Right, like, like, how many hours into this will it will it be like when they say, "Oh, it's a VR only release"? Will it be like, "Well, I get motion sickness, and you're you're removing me from my favorite game"? You know, that'll be a, I, a Reddit post within an hour, right? Yeah, but there's they're not gonna they're not gonna do that. I understand. <laughs> uh, <laughs> what may happen though is within hours of release, someone will release a like mod that has it not render for two eyes and only renders for one eye and outputs that to your screen so you can play it normally. <laughs> you feel like someone's going to knock that out pretty quick. Man. Yeah. So, you know, who knows? Uh, Tune in Thursday. Hmm. We'll tweet about it. Yeah. I'm it, excited to see what it looks like. You know, it, here's the thing, man. Valve doesn't put out games very often. No. And, and the last one they did was a disaster. Yeah, Artifact didn't go great. Uh, so, you know, I, I, mm, we'll see, I guess. Uh, I want it. I, I want there to be good games. I don't think I'm going to play this one, though. I don't really have any inclination to get a, a VR uh, headset thing. But maybe this is the first of some new wave of things that changed my mind. I don't know. Half-Life 2 was kind of a, like, watershed moment in making first-person shooters, right? Like, it changed the way those games were made at the time. They stopped being I mean, games, and they started being story games. There's a reason people have been clamoring so loudly for a third one. Right. So, you know, maybe this is the thing. Um, or not. Who knows? <laughs> I think the 
one of the whole things holding VR back is not the games. I think it might be the games a little bit, right? Like most of them are kitschy and fun, but not anything that's a draw. But there have been plenty that are good, and I think the promise of VR is what you know the the X Files episode where Mulder goes into another world, or thi- or um, 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 that horrible movie that was an okay book. Uh, really narrowing it down there, man. Yeah, way more specific. Steven Spielberg made a movie about the book that was all 80s references. I can get Ready this. Player oh, one. Ready, Ready Player, player one. one. There we go. That's VR, right? So that's the promise, right? You're not here in your body. You're somewhere else kind of thing. Like VR, uh, VR's sci-fi promise. And so people or, see these things and they're like, it's ridiculous. It's not what it is, right? Well, I think there are two competing side-by-side things. There's that promise, right, of the, like, you're not here, you're somewhere else. But there's also the, you are here, but here's all your, like, cool UI laid over on top of your room, and, like, you can play Minecraft in a hole in your wall. So that's AR, isn't it? AR versus VR. Right, but it all uses the same technology, and so you kind of have to, like, get one to get the other. I think in the long run here, if we're, I mean, just judging technologies, AR is a much more tangible technology i know google glass didn't do very well but in the future i bet you we see google glass too Uh, you know maybe not by google but by somebody where you can see the the sci-fi future of the contacts that tell you how far things are away or that become sunglasses or give you a little tiny hud while you're driving or something like that that that's possible because it's an, an addendum to your body, maybe? Well, I mean, I think that's the the VR future, too, is that, you know, you don't need this giant face-hugging shadow thing that weighs 10 pounds that sits on your head that you just have, like, you know, some cool little Blade Runner glasses that you slip on your eyes, and then all of a sudden, vroom, you're in somewhere else. <laughs> but, you know, that that all of those are the dream, and certainly none of the things out there are at those levels at all. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, that's a case of, like, new technology. They're dreaming big. You know, look at Google Stadia. But, you know, the they're just not where they're not to the promised land yet. You know, they're kind of at like a, yeah, we're working towards it. Here's this thing. It does what you want, kind of. But there's like 10 cables or hey, you have to have like a really good video card or you <laughs> need to have only, these weird setups in your house such that you have like eight feet of unobstructed space or whatever. We're only 20 years into the desert wandering. Right, exactly. All right. So, you know, I, yeah, it's, you knew, you knew, right? You knew if they did this, there was going to be an internet outcry and lo and behold, it's already started, but I can't I can't tune in until after the it just because there's no one knows anything, so they're just complaining to complain. Not that that will change Thursday; they'll still complain to complain. But I just want to I want to be un I want to be un uh, disturbed about it. I want to just just experience it without internet. Just watch and see what they got going on Thursday. Yeah, I'll be curious to see it for sure. You know what, Michael? When you, what you wander, got, Andy? when you wander in the desert, you can be a little parched, 
Because sometimes there's a drought. Deserts can be dry, man. That is a hallmark. It is the definition of a desert, I believe, so yes. We've had a little drought on this podcast of component classes. Okay. There's been too much going on. There's been BlizzCon and new games and all sorts of stuff. We haven't done a component class in a while, so I wanted to see how much you guys know about mice. Well, you should get some traps first. I was wondering which of you two was going to be the one. I should have known. It me. Yeah. Computer mice. Optical yeah. mice, specifically, because we don't need to talk about trackballs anymore. Yeah. Hey, this is, uh, if you are listening to this podcast and you don't know, uh, hey, there are no, like, rolly things, like balls or whatever, in the bottom of the mice. There's you mean like I don't lasers. have to take it apart anymore to clean my trackball and put it back in? No. That's, like, an extreme boomer move. <laughs> 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 the There are lasers or little optical LEDs uh, that do that now. Uh, and, in fact, some of them are so good that you can lift your mouse up off the mousing surface a little ways and still move your mouse around. I, in fact, frequently. have one that is good enough that I can use it on clear glass. Yeah, because they're, the clear glass that doesn't, that doesn't reflect the normal light does, in fact, reflect this. Yes. Uh, so the mice are pretty good these days. Uh, <laughs> I the, the optimal question here is, what do you want to do with this mouse, right? Right. Yeah, how how fancy do you want? How many bones? Because what? exactly, it's it's odd in the in the building of a computer. Everything is very technical, right? I want to accomplish X. Then you need part Y. Very simple. And once you have part Y, based on the one thing you've decided you wanted to do, or multiple things you've decided you want to do, part. Z and X and T all fit with part Y, but not parts A, B, and D. You know what I mean? Like, things start to build themselves, I think, is one of the, the themes that we kind of discussed and discovered as we were going through component class. But sure. Especially, like, you're like, oh, okay, I have this motherboard. Now I have this entire class of things I don't need to look at anymore. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I never need to look at an AMD processor because I have an Intel motherboard, right? Right. And the Intel motherboard was chosen because of the, you know, two or three criteria I had because of X other thing. You know, it it was a progressive discovery. But as we learned in the last component class, when I said, I'm looking at keyboards and I have no idea what to do. I <laughs> Spoiler, still haven't figured it out. So we haven't gone back to that one, <laughs> which is <laughs> yeah, why maybe right. component class has been on hold a little bit. Uh, that one's extremely hard to figure out. Um, mice have gotten to the point, though, that, like, unless you want to do something crazy, I mean, we can talk about vertical mice uh, for a second, which is a different hold position for the mouse. You know, you're more normally you hold your mouse palm down to the to the mat, right? Right. Um, vertical mice turn your wrist so that your palm is towards your keyboard instead with the laser still pointed down. Uh, it's supposed to be more ergonomic, maybe. I don't know. My pinky drags on the desk and then I get like road rash. So I don't want that. That's bad. Yeah. Um, uh, or if you want to go like the other opposite spectrum, which are like MMO mice. Oh man, you should describe that. 
which is like there's only a few that are out there but basically yeah most mice these days or at least most mice i encounter you know you have your your left click and your right click a little scrolly wheel in between those two and then on the thumb there is like a maybe one or two buttons that click in an mmo mouse it's a little bit taller of a mouse and where that thumb is is about like let's say 10 <laughs> programmable buttons that you can change to do whatever and bind all kinds of weird key actions. And they're meant for people that play like you know, world of Warcraft and games like this. I know where uh, you can, some people that use them for Fortnite for like quick cheats for building or yeah, it's like, Oh, I can bind this one button press to, you know, a button on my keyboard so that I don't have to take my hands away from my movement keys to yeah. press. I mean, this you, other can even, thing. you can even macro them, right? Like press these five things in combination. Sure. And like that, you know, in the MMO one, that's a case where it's like, oh, you want to be able to use your, you know, two abilities together while also moving to the left or whatever. And so there's a whole series of things you can get into with that stuff. And those mice have usually their own software that runs and you have to have, you know, program it in there. And they usually have lights and stuff that you can make flash and do all this kinds of crazy stuff. Yeah. Um. But unless you're you know, buying, so there's a spectrum here. <laughs> yeah, so unless you're buying like an Apple mouse, which which has that touchpad on it, which is kind of cool, or it, you're kind of like mice in general have kind of fallen into a, a specific shape and a specific size, and like JJ said, there's like a standard amount of buttons on them. The DPI ranges have crush themselves into nothing i guess we should explain the dpi range there michael what do you what do you think there could give us a, a breakdown on that one uh you might actually have to refresh me oh okay so dpi i think stands for dots per inch correct yes and so it's the, basically a rating of the sensitivity of the laser to movement laser precision yeah, there you go. That's a yeah, better way of explaining okay. it. Okay. So, so the higher the number, the more precise your laser and the more minimal movement you need to create an action. So, you know, there's like a mouse sensitivity in built into Windows, right? But if your mouse has a DPI range, you can even, before Windows interprets any data from the mouse, tell the mouse, actually, when I move the mouse only a millimeter, I want you to move way more than a millimeter, right? It's a, it's like adding a gearing system. Yes. That's, yeah. I was just about to explain it like gears on a bike. Right. And that's, and you know, the, the slider in windows is kind of like semi-linear in terms of how it moves. Uh, disable mouse acceleration. If you're playing games, do by the never way, never use a, mouse acceleration. ever. That's the most important thing to do in your life. If you play a lot of games, <laughs> um, Trust me, you will just all of a sudden be way better at shooters if you do that. Mm -hmm. uh, but the the DPI stuff basically, and usually they're kind of like doubles of each other. So it's like, oh, 400, 800, 1200, mm -hmm. you know, so on. Uh, and you can kind of like, if you, it's pretty noticeable if you've been using your mouse for a while and then you change the DPI setting, all of a sudden it'll be like, okay, this mouse like whips across the screen. Yeah. Um, and for shooters, and I, you actually want it lower than that. Right. So it tech, like, it depends what you're trying to achieve, right? Like, are you trying to be able to mouse really quick across the screen or are you trying to have that like fine aim so that like you move your hand a little bit and your mouse just moves, 
you know, only a little few inches to line up that headshot or whatever. But, you know, 10, even maybe five years ago, there were ranges, right? Like a pro mouse, an expensive mouse, if you wanted to get to 10,000 DPI, you were talking a couple hundred bucks. Yeah, it could be. Um, you know, a couple thousand DPI instead of 10,000 and you were you were in a reasonable range. And now pro mouse down to almost uh basic mouse is 12,000 DPI. Right? Yeah. Max out. Yeah. Um there's really not much more range than that. I I guess you could find some. I'm not saying there isn't, but you get to a point that like you really why why <laughs> yeah. the technology behind the mice has gotten yeah. so ubiquitous that the only thing at this point is like the feel of the mouse like how heavy it is and like you know how many you buttons like the sh- you want how many buttons if you like the shape and you like the color and like how it looks that's literally all there is at this point because like you know beyond that it's like okay do you want wired or wireless that's the only consideration. Yeah. So what do you what do you, where do you guys land on wired or wireless? I have always been a wired fan. At Same. least for for a desktop. Yeah. For my gaming PC, I will pretty much always use wired. I don't see a reason to switch. Um I use a wireless on my Mac for work and Bluetooth, man. It just sometimes it doesn't move the way you expect it to move, you know? Yeah, same. I I have a wireless mouse at work and it works, but yeah, sometimes you're like moving across the desktop and then it's like, oh, it, <laughs> I'm over here now. Okay. Uh, <laughs> let me go back, click on the thing. I yeah. didn't mean to drag those cells to those cells. Interesting. Yeah. Oh, I just deleted that paragraph. Whoops. <laughs> uh, so yeah, uh, I yeah. stick wired too. Um, yeah. And wired doesn't even really have any options anymore. You know, back in the day where it was like, don't unplug your peripheral cable because, etc. Uh, you you can't even get a peripheral mouse anymore. Probably. I mean, I guess you could be like ten cents in a swap uh, meet. They <laughs> certainly do sell them, um, but yeah, it's not a thing for the most part. If you really need one, uh, you can still get converters that go from USB to PS2, which is the the type of port that used to be used exclusively for if mice. If you can think of a benefit for PS2, please email us. Because I would uh, love... I, I happen to know one. Oh. Um, it's really, really dumb and doesn't matter. The update rate on a PS2 port is theoretically higher than the update rate on a USB. Theoretically, but not practically. Can... That's been my, my impression. I am not a god-tier high APM StarCraft player, and maybe if I was, that would ma- that would matter to me. Can but- a can a PS2 mouse handle the communication of a modern mouse with that many button presses? I suspect at that point you are having a USB port to handle all the other stuff. Yeah. And a PS2 input to handle the mouse stuff. Oh interesting. So you're gonna be plugged mm. into two different ports. Yikes. Probably. Like <laughs> like if you had an MMO mouse that somehow was a PS2, it would need to separate that stuff cuz yeah, it can't send all that information over PS2. Yeah. Um but again, this is like a thing that no one should care about. You should just get a USB one. It's fine. <laughs> like, please <laughs> please don't like no. There's no way anyone could possibly care about that or at least, you know, outside of the most elite esport athletes. 
Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, like you said, there's a few things to pick from, and that's how many buttons do you want, and and how what, how does it feel for your hand, right? Like, what type and of how, grip do you use? How big is your hand? All these types of things matter. And how um, cool does it look? Like, that's important. Sure. Do you like the yeah. look of it? I've been using a Logitech uh gx i think from like 2000 i think i bought this in 2007 maybe eight uh and it fits in my palm really well actually because i like to i'm a palm holder with my fingers as far forward as i can get and frankly i have a relatively larger hand span i don't think my hands are like big big but like my fingertips from my pinky to my thumb is actually kind of wider than most people's. So my span is longer. So my my pinky finger drags quite a bit on mice that are too small that don't have enough pop up. Uh, And I was thinking about just sticking with this mouse because it's been a friend to me. But the Mm -hmm. uh, side buttons no longer function, you guys. Unacceptable. Mechanical failure. I mean, not, not the end of the world. Certainly. But it's not it's, like the scroll wheel, which it would be literally the end of the worth. <laughs> <laughs> It'll stay in a box as a backup, but it's starting to look its age. I think overall, the uh, the extra hand grip to make the mouse bigger is not in great shape. The weights rattle around. They didn't used to rattle around before. <laughs> mm, so yeah, that's not to, great. Starting to wear on it. So I instead upgraded to... The Logitech G502 Proteus Spectrum. That's a lot of words. (laughs) It was a good sale item. I think they moved on to a different... I think they're on like another version of the Proteus now, not the Spectrum anymore. Got it. Uh, But it is another mouse with more weights in it, so you can make it as heavy or as light as you'd like. It has 11 buttons on it, it says. Wow. I can only see, including the left and right click, I only see one, two, three, four. So, let's see, hold on. Left and right click is two. So then one, two, three, four, five. If you include the mouse wheel as a click, that would be six. I only see six. You're including both scrolling and clicking the mouse wheel? Oh, yeah. And then also left and right on the mouse wheel, too. So that's at least eight. Oh, the mouse wheel can go left and right. Okay, oh, that's it's a one of those. fancy okay. mouse. <laughs> um, it looks cool. It's, a, it's actually slightly bigger than the GX that I have now, so it'll fit my palm even better. I'll be able to adjust the weight. I like a heavier mouse feel. What What's your mouse feel preference, you guys? I like it to have a little bit of weight, sort of the same thing. I I f- kind of feel like my hand's going to swallow a mouse that is too small, right? Like I'm overreaching the buttons. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have been using a non-configurable weight mouse for quite a few years here. Uh, it's a Razer Death Adder from God knows when. It's quite old at this point. Oh, did, is yours the Chroma? Because that's the one that I have. No, it doesn't say that on it. Does it have colors on it? It has one color. Mm. Okay, so mine. Mine is then. the right. Blue. Mine is the one that changes colors. Yeah, 
Uh, mine is just always blue. Uh, and it's like, I would say this is a pretty normal sized mouse. It's not big. It doesn't have extra configurable weight because I like how heavy this one is. Yeah. Um, but it's also not like hypersensitive in terms of DPI or anything. Uh, and I think I'm fine with that. Yeah. I think this goes up to 200 to 12,000 DPI. Five on the fly on the mouse DPI settings. That's that's a lot. With uh I, oh, and you can set. There are three, I guess, profiles built into the mouse somehow. So if you use their software, I guess maybe mm-hmm, yeah, you can store yeah. profiles on the mouse and then take it to a different computer. Hmm. I don't know that I will ever use half the functions this mouse comes with, but. It seemed most in line with the thing that I know that I like, which is this GX that's kind of dying. Um, so I've kind of tried to adjust, you know, to the newer one. Anyway, I don't know. What else can we say about Mies? Mises? That's kind I of said, it, like, It's not that complicated. They look cool. They look cool, yeah. Get one you think that looks good and feels good in your hand. That's literally it. It's yeah. another one of those things where, like, we talked about with computer with keyboards with mechanical keyboards like people should be able to try them like they should have a mouse and keyboard demo room yeah it would help I mean, they're gonna have to do, be able to do something with those best buy stores eventually <laughs> good point all right if you have any other questions about mice where would they go it's gonna be podcast at webergamers.com uh the email address if you want to email us also uh you can throw them uh, on youtube and youtube.com slash i don't know but you can search for we were gamers on there and subscribe to us and uh you know leave us some comments on there and we'll read them for sure i have a suggestion well, yeah i just thought of it now if you have the option pick a black mouse don't pick a white one are you thinking of because of the way they wear yeah they would just look bad right you're going to get hand stuff on it, so that's probably smart. Yeah, there you go. That's the WeWork Gamers pro tip number two for this podcast. Buy a, buy a mouse that's not going to show colors. <laughs> you discolor. <laughs> we have an Instagram. Yeah, that's uh, at WeWork Gamers. We also have a Twitter, at WeWork Gamers. And uh, we're on Facebook.com slash WeWork Gamers on there. Yay. This was the easiest, actually, decision of the whole thing. I looked up, what's like the Logitech GX? And they're like, if you like the GX, buy the 502. Looked at it. It has an option for more weight than it is in my current one. Looks about the same size. Done. Done.